The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance. Look, it is the July 4th edition, and it's been a crazy week. As a matter of fact, we are going to kick back and try to have an easy and fun show um, and we're going to talk about this week. What a crazy week it was. Um, and just to kind of lead into, you know, what I'm talking about, uh, you know, my wife had a um, just a minor procedure yesterday and not a big deal, but uh, asked me to take her to the doctor's office yesterday. And I did. And so, you know, I'm sitting in a, a doctor's office as I, uh, you know, as you normally do, you just kind of tune out and, um, and, you know, only my crazy friends and listeners will even get this, but the very, very, very sweet receptionist is behind the desk, and she's listening to opera and um, singing along, and very passionately, I might add. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not much of an opera guy, but I'm going, good gracious, I know that song. And I'm sitting there going, where do I know that song from? And um, just, you know, Listening and listening, and a few more bars come out, and a few more bars come out, and uh, it finally dawns on me that that that, that she's singing um, the song that Will Ferrell sings at the end of Step Brothers, uh, and so I'm just waiting for John C. Riley to jump out and sing the catchphrase. So uh, I get to snickering and have to tweet that out, uh, which uh, goes goes viral amongst my friends, and so. <laughs> It's been that kind of week where the receptionist who is just singing one of her favorite opera songs reminds me of Step Brothers and Will Ferrell. And so that is the perfect lead into what kind of day I had today. Ever have one of those days where going into it, you know it can be simply one of those days. Um, and and I had a make or break day and uh, I'm blessed and thankful and feeling thankful uh, coming out of it, uh, but as a small business owner, sometimes uh, you, you got things that can just simply stack up on you, and uh, I, I absolutely had one of those days. So, um, you know, waking up, I, I I saw my wife this morning uh, before I headed upstairs. I actually work out of my home, which is a it can be a blessing and a curse uh, at times. But um, you know, it's a blessing. I, I got to see her. I walked upstairs and said, you know. Uh, if there's any a day that you're going to send good good blessings and tidings upstairs, honey, today today's one of those days. And it was literally, you know, from seven o'clock until even now, uh, it's been back to back to back. And uh, one of those days, everything could have gone right or wrong. Um, 
but it certainly could make or break the 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 business. Um, and so it kicked off. Uh, we had a demonstration to an organization that literally, if the deal comes through, could make my commitment number uh, to one of my partners. So if we if we make the sale, the 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 volume of the sale could could make my commitment to one of my partners. Um, and that couldn't have gone uh, any better. Um, we certainly uh, made made it hopefully the the impression that we're looking for, but we felt like it did. Um, we then met with uh, one of our charity partners here in town that we're organizing an event with, and then kicked off. And we've been talking about it for a while. And I'm actually going to uh, share with you guys some of the content that that, that we're talking about um, today on the show. But we kicked off uh, the the John Maxwell Speakers Club here in Birmingham, and it was really cool. Um, felt good to finally uh, get get it in action instead of just talking about it. And uh, uh, so that was an event for us. I came back, uh, and then we had a deal that we've been working on for a while uh, closed for us this afternoon, um, and then right into the radio show. So like I said, kind of a make or break day, and uh, so excited. So uh, as I sat down to decide what I wanted to do the, the, the show about, I wanted to talk about two things. One of those, you know, again, we're trying to keep this on the work-life balance so one on on kind of the professional side, I wanted to talk about what I think are kind of five concepts or things that we're talking about. Uh, so we're going to share the five C's of what I think uh, makes a really really good speech. Um, and on the other side, we're going to talk about the life side. And so I'm going to talk about the life side first because I think it's fun because uh, I've shared with this uh, with a few people uh, as they asked me about my plans for July 4th, and there's a lot of people that I haven't heard about this. So. On the first segment, uh, I'm going to share something very personal because uh, I don't know how any uh, any other way to be um, around my July 4th plans, but um, really kind of a, a family tradition that I started years ago, somewhat selfishly, uh, kind of in a way. It sounds bad to say it's somewhat selfish, but but I'll explain. I'll explain. Let's just let's just get into it. Um, so it's called – so my July 4th plans every year. My kids look forward to it every year as I do, um, and, and so does my wife. We, we call it Daddy Camp. Uh, so you heard that right, Daddy Camp, D-A-D-D-Y, Daddy Camp. So these are my July 4th plans every year. So let's explain how this started, how this tradition started, and how it's grown. So first of all, again, for longtime listeners to the show – uh, or people who know me very personally know that that I lost my my dad when I was young. Uh, I lost my dad when I was 19 years old, and um, it, it, th- there's a lot of things I wish I could have done with my dad. There's a lot of time I wasted and squandered in in things that I wish I could have done, and so that made a profound impact on me growing up. And and certainly, you know, as I had children, it, it weighs on me. And I'm also starting to near an age that um, that I, I'm getting close to the age that my father was when he passed my dad I was young he was young he, he was he was 51 years old um, and I'm starting to near that age um, so that that's that's not going lost and I'm at now also nearing the 25 year anniversary of my father's passing so um, so both of those are weighing on me. So uh, I also travel quite a bit. I, I have to travel to speak. I have to travel for my clients, and so I'm gone a lot. And, and you know that that's not going unnoticed. And 
certainly um, when I was younger as a consultant, and so before you know my son came along, my daughter uh, is five years older than my son, so she's about two years old. And I'm traveling a lot. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a consultant for a firm at that point. So they're just, you know, bleeding me dry, kind of leaving Sunday, coming back Friday, kind of travel. And I would come home and, you know, my wife would be, you know, hey, let's let, let's go somewhere. Let's go on vacation. Let's go somewhere. And I, I would look at her and go, for the love of all that's good, if, if I see another, um, you know, airport and hotel and restaurant, I'm, I'm going to pass out. So, you know. The last thing I wanted to do would be go somewhere. I wanted to stay home. You know, a, a perfect vacation for me would be to sit in the house for seven days and not go anywhere. That, that was vacation to me. And my wife, with a two-year-old, was dying to get out of the house. So we had to meet in the middle somehow. So one year, I said, honey, why don't we do this? Look, I got tons of points. Why don't you grab a girlfriend and you cash in the points. You you take a girlfriend and and fly anywhere that Delta flies and go anywhere there's a Marriott and cash in my points. I don't care. And I'll keep the baby, right? She was two. I'll keep her. And she and I will sleep in and I will I will attend to but I miss her. I, I don't get a whole lot of time with her. I'll I will be a doting father and we will just hang out at the house. She won't even know, you know, that you're gone. And you guys, you know, go put your feet in the sand, have a ball, you know, drink, have a great time, do whatever you want to do. Don't you worry about us. And it turned out to be one of the greatest weeks of each other's lives. <laughs> my, my, my wife was so relaxed when she came home. They got spas, they got massages, they went shopping, they and and just girl talking. And and my wife came home and and loved on me and she said, Can we do that again next year? And I said, Amen to that. And this turned into a tradition. So when my son was born, we, it's just something that, 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 that we continue to do. And um, when my daughter got a little bit older, she's the one that actually nicknamed it uh, Daddy Camp. Are, are we going to do Daddy Camp this year? And so we started to, to pick the July 4th week as the week that we could do this. Because at the time, my wife was working, so it was very hard for her to find you know, a good solid week in which you know, she could she could do this, and ever since you know now now that she's been blessed enough not to have to have to work, then you know this has been a perfect week uh, for for us to do this. So Daddy Camp was born, and so she and her girlfriends look forward to it every year, and my kids start to look forward to it every year, and so then it started to turn into. Instead of me just staying home, as the kids began to get older, we started to pick um, things that, like, mommy didn't really care to do. Things, you know, first it was around the house. It was, you know, we, we would go bowling or, or we would go um, watch watch the animated movies and, and we would go to, to the water park or we'd, we'd go um, to, to the arcade or, or go-karting or play putt-putt golf or 
you know, things that, you know, mommy would go, but she, you know, th- those maybe weren't her favorite activities, but the kids loved it and I didn't mind, you know. Um, you know I think one of the kids' uh, favorite stories, uh, I think my son was four, so my, my daughter was 10. I, I was going to teach them to roller skate. So we f- found a roller skating rink and, you know, I was going to go show them how this thing was done. And so <laughs> I jumped out and said, Hey, go check this thing out and uh, jumped on, jumped on the roller skating rink. And I hadn't been roller skating in, in probably 15, 16 years. And both skates flew out from underneath me and boom, I hit that roller skating rink and, uh, uh, scared the daylights out of both of my kids and, and neither one of them have, have ever been roller skating since. So anyway, that, that, that's what we decided to do. So that is how, uh, this thing started. Um, so what we're going to do here really quickly is we're going to take a break and, and we'll tell a couple other stories of Daddy Camp and, and exactly how it's evolved. And uh, we'll go from there. And then we're going to come back and, and talk about uh, some of the keys to a great speech. And then we've got a really cool story uh, about our sponsor uh, and what's going on uh, with our sponsors, some some cool things that are happening um, with CA. So really exciting stuff. Just wanted to keep this show light uh, as we're going into July 4th. But we got some cool things that are going to be happening uh, with shows to come and a cool announcement at, at the end of this show. So stay tuned with us. You're listening to The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand. They are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. 
To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the work-life balance. And we are back to the work-life balance, the uh, the weekend here before July 4th and the official kickoff of uh, the annual tradition. I think it's the 15th or 14th annual Daddy Camp. And so we were talking about the origins of Daddy Camp, how that started and uh, what we do with that. And it, again, started innocently enough. I uh, wanted kind of a staycation. My wife was uh, ready to get out of the house. So I offered to keep at that point our two-year-old child, let her and her girlfriends go somewhere uh, and blow off some steam in the tradition started. So over time, uh, the kids started to plan the activities. And so I guess when my son was five, um, my, my daughter w- was 11, I said, um, all right, kids, so so now you plan it. You guys write down all the activities that you would like to see Daddy get knocked out for, for Daddy Camp. And, and so that tradition started. And so I would come come home from uh, a trip. Daddy Camp would, would, would get started. And, um, you know, there'd be this long list of activities. You know, we'd go to Toys R Us, and we, we'd want to, uh, you know, play this board game and, and – you know, go bowling and, and see this movie and, and, you know, go here, go there. And, and, you know, we would have fun. And I'd sit down and, and you know, we'd write out the, the days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I'd organize all the activities in and, boy, we'd just be exhausted. But we, we had a great time. And, you know, before I knew it, I, I started to recognize what was really happening um, with, with this little camp concept. Uh and again, it wasn't. It started with very innocent and humble beginnings, and, and you know, just having fun, and, and really about giving mommy her time. Um, I recognized how much uh, my wife had been sacrificing and keeping the kids while while I had to travel and, and do what we had to do to to provide for the family. And so the original intent was just you know giving her her time. Uh, but then, you know, with me losing my father as I did, uh, this really started to become about building some solid memories and some solid uh, time with, with, with just just me and my children. And again, it, it also giving them something to truly look forward to every year. I mean, it, it, this becomes this annual tradition. So as my daughter gets to age 12 and 13, I really start stepping up the game and start planning uh, some experiences that they had never done before. So now I'm making sure that Daddy Camp uh, provides an experience and provides something we've never done. So they get to start to include their friends, um, have people over, and we start uh, venturing outside of our hometown uh, for a couple of the days. So I take them to their first Dave and Buster's, right? So we had an arcade in town. You know, we had done that a couple of times, and now it's starting to get boring. We're repeating activities because we've done it. So now it's time to start venturing out and giving them, you know, experiences and activities they've never done before. So I, I tell them, you know, one night, hey, you know, get ready because we're going to make a day trip like you've never made a day trip before. And so I take them over to Atlanta, 
we do the world of Coke, we do CNN, we finish it with, with Dave and Busters and we make it back home, you know, in the same day and just wore them out. Right. But, but what a day that was. And, um, you know, I take them up to Nashville and, and, uh, we, we do everything that we can do in Nashville in a single day. And, uh, the year after that, uh, my brother, uh, who lives in California happened to be, uh, visiting Nashville. And so we went up there and spent a couple of days and, and got to spend some time with him and, and see fireworks and, and do some movies and bowling and that kind of stuff, but, but do it with, with their uncle who, who they had never met, um, just because of distance and things like that, but, but truly experiences. And so this year, uh, the same, uh, my, my brother who I, I've gotten a chance to talk about, um, a little bit on the show who, uh, who's been managing uh, airfields for uh, the, the United States Army and somebody who's very near and dear uh, to my heart. Um, you know, he left when, when I was young uh, to enlist and has been overseas uh, most of his life. The last 13 years, he's been managing the, the airfield in Korea and, and through, um, through retirements and everything else has been able to now, he runs the, the one in at Redstone Arsenal here in Huntsville, Alabama. And for the first time in 13 years, he's, he's going to be able to spend the 4th of July stateside. And so this 4th of July, we're, we're heading up to, to set off an obscene amount of fireworks with, with my big brother, Ron, um, and, and have that experience. But then um, I've got something you know very, very special planned for my, my 16-year-old daughter, uh, so special that I haven't really told anybody else, and I'm not going to announce it on the radio, but super excited uh, about what we've got planned uh, right after that, but but an experience that that I'm hopeful and, and can't wait uh, to share with my daughter, and something I hope that that she never forgets. And uh, that's the point of this now, and uh, that that's the whole point of, of what we're trying to do with this thing. And I share this with you to to just try to help give ideas, not that you know um, we're this perfect family or anything like that, because we're far from it. But, uh, you know, there's there's one week out of the year um, that, that I know we get it right. And um, there's so many days I know that, that we don't get it right. And there's so many days that I know uh, I, I'm not getting things right. Uh, but, but man, I know uh, for, the, for this one week, um, in my daughter's eyes and my son's eyes and my wife's eyes, I, I know I get this one right. And... Uh, I look forward to it every year, and I, I can't wait to get it started. So, um, you know, I share that with you guys as, as a cool little idea, something fun, um, and uh, a lot of people have been asking me about it, so I thought I'd share it with you guys, um, and, and can't wait to get it started. So, first thing in the morning, um, my my wife and her friends are off. Uh, uh, I think yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're 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 headed to a very nice tropical location. Um, and then me and the kids are kicking it off. So that's that's the life side of the work-life balance. So uh, earlier today, uh, on the work side of the work-life balance, we kicked off the uh, Maxwell Speakers Club. So again, um, there are several now what what's called executive directors of the John Maxwell team. And we now own the rights to be able to start teaching the Maxwell method of speaking. And uh, here in Birmingham, Alabama... Uh, we uh, started um, our side of that. And so one of the things that, that I wanted to share with the listeners in, in the 91 countries that tune into this show 
is, you know, some of that content and, and not, not so much, you know, the, the portion, but what makes, I, I got a wonderful question from somebody that attended uh, the lovely Robin Hunt, um, who um, just as a side note, you know, she and I both, uh, I, I looked at her today and I asked her, um, did, did you and I, did you ever think when, when you and I were both, you know, teaching these little courses at, at New Horizons, you know, 12, 13 years ago that we'd both end up here today. Um, it's just no thought, right? It's just unbelievable. As she's, you know, uh, trying to become a professional speaker herself and, you know, the the, the paths that, that our lives take. But she she asked me a question that I thought I'd share. Her question was, what, what made you, right, asking me that as a professional speaker for 13 years, somebody's been through Toastmasters for seven, what made you want to do this? What what made you want to take uh, John Maxwell's mes- message and method and teach it? And I thought that was a beautiful question. I thought I would I would spend you know the remainder of the show kind of answering that. So if you look at Toastmasters, um, which which I love the organization again was a member of that for for seven plus years. You know Toastmasters, you 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 take that and and you know. To become a competent Toastmaster, you, you there's 10 speeches you have to do. And then after that, you can continue your certification and uh, go through Advanced Toastmasters. And I, I ended up becoming uh, what they call Advanced Toastmaster Silver uh, is where I stopped. But there's multiple other books and there's like, you know, humor in speeches. There's um, advanced construct speeches. But all of that has to do with, to me, in, in, in my personal opinion, the, the construct of a speech. That, that that's what it's really working on. Well, as as much training as I took through through Toastmasters and and tr- and practice that I did in Toastmasters, and in my my thirteen years of of professional speaking on my own, within the first twenty minutes of becoming a certified John Maxwell speaker, I, I learned two things. In that first 20 minutes, that that shook me up uh, in such a positive way, it completely changed my style, method, preparation, and and how I deliver my speeches. And so from that, we we've kind of devised um, in in our own branding. And when I say our own, this is the way our squared, uh, my company takes the Maxwell method, and in came up with kind of what we think the Maxwell method of speaking really is all about. And so that's what we want to share. That's what we're going to talk about. However, before we do that, we think there's a super important message that you need to hear first. And that message comes from our sponsors. So we're going to take a pause right here, let you listen to some commercials, and we'll come back and reveal what that message is right after the break. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? 
R Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back. We've been talking about, you know, we started off on a little personal side talking about Daddy Camp. We're going more now into the work side and talking about um, a little bit around uh, the Maxwell Speaking Club and, and really um, the R squared spin on that. It, you know what I found interesting when I started to go get certified by John Maxwell in in his team uh, around becoming a personal speaker and, and really um, his content and his delivery. You, you find out things. What makes John Maxwell the the greatest communicator in the world? And he he's so personal and he's so well thought out. I, I shared with, with the group that, that when I kicked off this speakers club here in Birmingham, I shared with them, you know, really what got me into it. And so I watched a person uh, deliver a speech at, at a professional organization that I belong to here in Birmingham. And I was sitting in the audience and I watched this gentleman speak and, and I, I knew what we were paying him. I knew how many people were in the audience and I did the math and I said, wow, this is a, it's a pretty good living this guy's generating. But I watched that there was zero connection with the audience, and his entire platform was do it because I said so. It was all very authoritative, and, and he didn't have a lot of, of really connecting content. And, and 
that's right there in that room is where I made the decision that I felt like I could do this for a living and, and made the decision that I was going to pursue professional speaking. And, uh, when, when I went then, you know, so I did that for, you know, 10, 12 years, uh, decided to become, you know, certified through John Maxwell and, and they shook me up, right? When, when I went and got certified by them, I'd already had seven years of advanced training through Toastmasters, um, really went kind of somewhat selfishly to the Maxwell team thinking I was just going to get access to content and, and they just shook my world, right? So the question that was asked to me today was why did I decide to, to pair up and teach Maxwell's content? Um, and, and here's, you know, some of the main reasons why. So first of all, when you look at Maxwell, uh, if you take a, a, a keynote session, like John Maxwell, when he delivers an 88 minute keynote, um, only 11 minutes of that 88-minute keynote, so roughly about 13% of the time, is he truly teaching. Now, it doesn't mean that that that, that only 13% of it is is worthwhile or, or is learning. It's just that means that the 13% of that is truly the teaching points. And so it's funny because when I go to all these you know these different seminars in in, in you know, speaking days that that I'm a part of, you know, I watch these guys who who feel that they're the smartest in the room and they just pound you with data. So it's just teaching point after teaching point after teaching point. And that's that's not that that, that doesn't make you any smarter, it doesn't make the audience absorb the information anymore. What what that means from a Maxwell perspective is that if if you want somebody to truly remember the point you have to support that and connect with the audience. And so so that 13% of the teaching is then supported through the rest of the time where, where he's sharing the personal stories or hypothetical stories, statistics, and, and, and other facts. And so and, – and he does just such a masterful job, which is why he's considered one of the greatest communicators in the world. And so – what we've done is kind of taken a, a step back from that and looked at what we consider the five C's of, of the, the great communication in, in what something like a Maxwell Club would teach you. And so I was doing this as a compare and contrast to Toastmasters. So what I think Toastmasters really teaches is the construct of a speech. What I think Maxwell teaches is the five C's. So th- those are, you know, starting with the creation. So I think creation is a different word than construct, and I think I, we, we choose that on purpose. The construct is is very technical, whereas creation, we're being a little bit more creative. And, and so the creation is really focused more on the second C, which is the content. Content is is based not just solely on the construct, like we're saying, but content is intended to invoke emotion. Content is is a delivered word in, in, to ensure that we're trying to evoke the outcome that we're doing. So content is intended to, to evoke an emotion that we're taking an audience on a journey to, to a desired outcome of whatever our teaching point is. And so, you know, if our teaching point is, is to inspire, evoke emotion of motivation, you know, you may want to choose, uh, you know, that inspiring point. And whether that's sadness or happiness or whatever it is, you're choosing content or creating content. So it's creation of content. 
that, that you're doing that. Now, the biggest key here is your third C. So your creation of content, right, is evoking that emotion, but it's bringing out your character. See, one of the greatest paths, Maxwell, Maxwell is so good, but Maxwell exudes character. And if you look at some of the biggest speakers out there right now that a lot of people follow, you look at like a Simon Sinek, you know, you, you look at, at Dave Ramsey, you look at John Maxwell, you look at some of these people that are very successful, but they exude character. They follow and practice what they preach. And, and, and people like that exude character because they, through their personal stories and through the connection uh, of, of their content and creation, they're exuding character, and, and that character is bringing them um, to that point, okay? And so the creation of content exudes character, right, to allow you for that fourth C, which is connection to your audience, connection. So creation of content exudes your character to create that connection to your audience. Because if you can't connect to your audience, they're not going to move. They're not going to do they're, they're not going to react. And, and that leads you to your fifth C. And your fifth C is concise. Now, concise is, is one of my favorites. And it's actually something I've gotten to watch in action, especially with John. You know, when you work with a lot of these these speakers, and especially the great ones, especially somebody like John, or if you watch, you know, Dr. Covey, uh, Stephen Covey, if you watch, you know, Dave Ramsey, watch some of these people. Some of the things they say, you know, if you if you if you read it at face value, if you it, it's you look at it and you just go, well, you know, duh, of course, right? It, it's not what they say is not necessarily you know the greatest thing that's ever said. It, it's it, it's the way they say it, and truthfully, it's the conciseness. But each word is chosen carefully. And so, for instance, if you, one of my favorite quotes, again, from, from Maxwell, is that everything worthwhile is uphill. Okay, well, that's not a new thought. It's not, it's not something that somebody else hasn't said before. you got to work for everything that you want. You know, not, not, you know things aren't free. You, you've got you've to pursue the dreams that you want. You, you, can't, you can't take things for granted. It, okay, these are things that have been said before, and we can find quotes in other books that are very, very close. But the choice of the words and the way that they were said, and, 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 and not only that, but he's got to follow on to the sentence, right? Everything worthwhile is uphill. His follow on to that is, but most people have downhill habits, right? And I, I even did a show uh, on Sisyphus, on how I feel like Sisyphus, where I'm pushing the rock uphill. Okay, so somebody's somebody's actually even had that thought before, where you know it's a Greek mythology. There's a guy who's pushing a rock uphill every morning. He wakes up, and that rock is back at the bottom. He's got to start pushing that rock uphill again. It's not an original thought, gang. It's not. And I'm not downplaying Maxwell by any means. Please do not take it this way. The beauty is in the conciseness of the message. And when he delivers that speech, I've been in the room many times, it's powerful. It's powerful. The reason why it's so powerful is the creation of the moment, the content of his delivery, the character of who the man is, the connection he's built with the audience, the conciseness of his words. It's what makes a powerful professional speaker. 
It's what makes a powerful, powerful presentation. It's the five C's. And, and again, it, it's taking what you want the, the audience to remember. And so he'll tell a personal story. He'll, he'll tell a funny story. He'll tell a self-deprecating story. And then he'll go, he'll finish it with, listen to me, gang, listen to me. Because he, here's the key point. Everything worthwhile is uphill. And then he finishes with that long pause that I just did there. Because pauses are words too. Because that's another way to connect and to make sure that that audience is leaning in. It's those types of communication points, connection points. See, every interaction, every interaction is a transaction. And every transaction, somebody's buying. Okay? Somebody's buying. And it's it's whether they're buying you or they're buying, right? And so you have to plan every interaction. So whether you're on the phone um, trying to make a sale, right? And so so let, let's put you into that, into that role if you're a salesperson. They're either buying what you're selling or they're selling you that they can't buy, right? But, but a transaction went down. If you're making a presentation to a board and you're just trying to sell the progress of the project, they're either buying the current progress or they're selling you that they don't believe you. If you are simply giving a, a uh, if, if you're talking to one of your employees and you're trying to get them to, to have more motivation, they're either buying that motivation or they're selling you why they don't believe in you. Every interaction is a transaction and somebody's buying. That's it. And so it's whether or not you have the creation of the message that you want the content that you're trying to deliver, the character to deliver it, the connection to the person for them to believe in you, and the conciseness of the message to get it across. But every interaction is a transaction and somebody's buying. And so what I love about this club and what I love about any kind of speaker training is that it doesn't matter if you're going to a party or if you're trying to be a professional speaker, everybody can improve upon their communications and trying to get their communications across. And so I think, you know, if, if you don't have the opportunity to, to find a club in your area, certainly look and try to improve uh, upon communications, period, because it's, it's definitely a life skill that I think everybody should invest in. Regardless of what your job title is or what you're trying to do, it, it's certainly something that I think is worthwhile. And obviously, I'm on the radio, but it's certainly something I think everybody should work on and improve. So we're going to take a uh, break right here. Uh, we're going to pay some bills. We'll be right back with the work-life balance. You're listening to Rick Morris. Today, every business is in the software business, and business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world, where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other, where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage, where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. 
All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end -end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development, to management to security, end-to-end -end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. So we're back to the work-life balance in the final segment here. We talked uh, Danny Camp. We talked uh, the five C's of uh, professional speaking. And so, you know, we got the final segment here, uh, just a few minutes. Uh, you know, I was kind of hoping somebody would call in, but, you know, sometimes that happens, sometimes that doesn't, but I'm just being honest with you. Um, but I do want to share this interaction with you, uh, as I've always been personal. But, um, uh, you know, I got kind of shaken up as well. Um as, as I was scrolling Facebook, uh, I, I shared with you my brother from California, um, you know, was in Nashville a couple couple years ago. So um, just really quickly, you know, my family it was, was a yours, mine, and ours situation. So I was the only child of uh, my mom and dad, but my dad had two children from the first marriage and my mom had two children from the first marriage. And so uh, I was the baby of five, but an only child from, from that marriage. And, and so my uh, brother... Uh, Derek, who who lived in California, only stayed with us, I think, three summers that he lived with us. And, and for the most part, we we grew up apart. So, you know, we knew of each other, didn't really know each other. But uh, when my dad got sick, um, he he came and stayed for like two months with us uh, in, in my final, uh, my dad's final two months of, of his life. And what was amazing to me, uh, you know, my brother Derek is, uh, uh, I believe, eight years, eight years older than I am. Was that we were the same, you know, person in, in so many respects. So, um, the things that we liked to do, the the things that entertained us. He taught me how to play cribbage. Um, you know, we had this dumb game that we'd play in the pool. Um, but 
we were such, you know, our father's sons. We, we both actually are, are project managers and, and work in the software uh, industry. You know, we like the same television shows, uh, that kind of stuff. So to grow up on opposite coasts, you know, I grew up in, in Florida, he grew up in California, uh, and to spend that much time apart. And so when, when he came there, so I was 19, uh, so, you know, he had to be 27, 28 years old and, and to, to be that similar um, I just found fascinating. I, I've, I just found that portion fascinating, and uh, uh, probably the the coolest two months, uh, um, other than the circumstances, you know, I had with him. And uh, so he had, he had sent me this picture of of, of my childhood home, um, and him standing in front of it, and just the, these these feelings just kind of came flooding back. And the reason why I even bring this up is is I use this picture um, today in a speech uh, because we, you, you talk about framing a picture and taking people on a journey. Um, and, and so you can take a picture and you, you can use that picture in multiple ways. You know, I, I, I told a funny story about, uh, uh being caught drinking, uh, when I was young. Um, I used the same picture to, to tell kind of a heartwarming story about, uh, me and my brother, um, what, what, when my dad was passing, um, and then I used it as a motivational story um, about my dad uh, passing as well and, and just, you know, spending those last moments uh, to, to live every day is no day but today. Um, and so it's all about, you know, taking a journey and, and making sure that you do that. And so this final portion just of work-life balance, again, I, I, I always try to bring things back to family in, in understanding what family means to people and, and what we're doing. And as I'm getting ready to to embark on on daddy camp uh, and recognizing what my family means to me and what my children mean to me, uh, what my wife means to me. Um, you know, let's take this moment. The, the last thing that, that I normally do in speeches is, is I talk about connotation. And, uh, you know, if you, one thing I challenge people to do is, you know, if you've got an argument, you've got a friend, you've got somebody that you were close to, family member, that kind of stuff that, that you're in an argument with or, you know, fight with or that kind of stuff. I, I, I urge you to, to verbalize that to, you know, somebody you're close to. Now, some of these, you know, fights and arguments and things like that are legitimate. Some, you know, some, some of these wrongs that, that you've been wronged to, you know, are legitimate. There, there's some legitimate beefs between family members or, or friends or that kind of stuff. And, and, and I get those, but there's a lot of them, um, that, that, that aren't uh, legitimate. Uh, they, 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 when you start to explain why you're not talking to Betty, um, they, it's because, you know, you know, Betty said something about your shoes uh, to, to another friend or, you know, yeah, when, when you start to verbalize it, you, you recognize it, it's pretty doggone silly and that it's probably more around your pride or more around, you know, something really, really um, ancillary to the point that if something were to happen to that friend today um, and you could no longer speak to them, would you regret it? And I challenge you on that. I challenge you that over this this week of celebration to pick up the phone and to call somebody um, and squash it and just be the bigger person. You know, it, it, I, I, I wrote in No Day But Today uh, what I call uh, playground apologies. 
in, in the, they're the biggest waste of time. That's, that's, that's where somebody picks up and they go, well, I'll forgive you, but I'm not going to forget. You know, so what, what good is that crap? You know, what, what, what good is that going to do? You know, that's basically saying whatever, you know, I'm going to hold this over you until the next argument. It just learn how to let go and learn how to live life because I don't know that, you know, I'll make it to the next show. I don't know that I'll have the pleasure of being on the broadcast, you know, the next time that 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 I'm able to broadcast. But I know that I'm going to live every day as if it's the greatest day available to me until I make it to the next broadcast. And if I am so blessed to be on this show, you know, the following Friday, then uh, let's let's live it like like there's no tomorrow. And um, that that's all we can do. And uh, that's the whole point around No Day But Today. Um, you know, I sat in a room today as, as I kicked off Maxwell Speakers Club, and there was a guy in there who was uh, my my former uh, chief technology officer, and, and we started telling stories about when we went deep sea fishing, and I mean, just instant laughter, uh, some great message, you know, some great times that we had. There was a lady in there um, that uh, I go back uh, to, you know, when we were just punk trainers. We barely knew Microsoft ourselves, uh, and we were teaching other people how to use like Microsoft Word and Excel and that kind of stuff. There was another lady who I started my project management institute journey with. Um, uh, the guy who I was uh, uh, using his facility, uh, he allowed us to use the meeting space. He and I uh, uh, had our first professional jobs together, um, all the way back when we were recruiting people and, and thinking that that we were going to change the world by finding people's you know jobs and. You know, I, I just I, I had to take a moment of reflection today, and look at and gang. It's been like it's been like 22 years, and, and, and that seems like a lifetime, but it really isn't. It's a blink of an eye, and and you know, just to the drive home, and, and even the guy sitting next to me, my my VP of of, uh, of, of business development, you know, he was the best man in my wedding, and and but he and I. He and I met when when I first got to Birmingham. We were we were waiting tables together at a Chili's, and and you just you just look at this and say, man, how has life changed and and how have we been blessed? But golly, you know how many things have come and gone between us, and and we've we've got to take a step back and breathe, and and just be blessed that a we're alive and b that we need to value everybody that's around us every day. And that's my closing message. Just be blessed, value people, love everybody, and squash the dumb beefs. There's just, there's too many events to live for and too much going on around us uh, to let negativity and let dumb stuff get in our way. So let's just not do that. And uh, you guys, uh, let's not light off uh, any dumb fireworks in our hands, do anything stupid, and have a great 4th of July. I love all of you. See you next time. Uh, on the Work-Life Balance. Can't wait to talk to you again. Uh, We'll see you soon. You've been listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.